Hey, it's Alan, and I just wanted to let you know that you can now listen to the ongoing history of new music early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Is this thing on? Your shirt? We're broadcasting. Good. Whoever can hear this, I don't have much time, so listen to me carefully. There are things you're not being told. Persons, governments, and extranational corporations, they've infiltrated your private lives. Your security has already been compromised, and you don't even know it. And I have proof, okay? All you need to do is look through your music collection. Stuff has been inserted, uh, injected, implanted, installed without your knowledge. There's no inoculation, no way to prevent it from happening. I know this sounds crazy, but it's true. And it's been happening for years, for decades. We need to expose the truth, all right? We need to get to the... They're coming. I've been found out. Oh, we've got to leave now, but but I'll continue to transmit this. Our frequency is a, it's a recording, but, but it will tell you everything you need to know. It, it will run on repeat until the batteries fail. If you can, record it. Make copies. Spread the word. Oh, God, it's too late. This is the Ongoing History of New Music Podcast with Alan Cross. That is the kind of thing that poor bastard was talking about. The audio that's hidden in your music collection. You don't know about it, you didn't ask for it, you maybe didn't even want it, but it's there, and it needs to be exposed. That stuff in the background is a track called Endless Nameless by Nirvana, and depending on which edition, which pressing of the Nevermind album you have, it's most likely hidden in the silence after the song Something in the Way. It roars into your ears ten minutes after Something in the Way ends, and it scared the crap out of millions of people who thought they had let Nevermind run out. Hello again, I'm Alan Cross, and this is a program about the hidden audio that lurks in your music collection. And it's more than just hidden songs, too. There's all kinds of weirdness tucked away, if you know where to look. And when I say weird, um, I mean super weird. But we have to ease our way into this subject slowly. Otherwise, you know, your brain might explode. That's the Catherine Wheel covering Rush on their Like Cats and Dogs album from 1996. It's a hidden track stored at the far end of an unlisted trio of songs that show up after everyone thinks the album is done. That's the most common sort of hidden audio on CDs, and we'll get to more of that ilk later. But first, we need to cover a little history. Secreting nuggets of audio on records goes back to at least the 1960s, and like so much in music, we can credit the Beatles. When A Day in the Life ended off the Sgt. Pepper album in 1967, dogs went nuts. That's because the vinyl contains the recording of a dog whistle that only they can hear. And it's in a locked groove, too, meaning that it never runs out. It just plays and plays and plays and plays. Then we can look at Abbey Road, 
A guy by the name of John Curlander was a tape assistant at Abbey Road Studios. At just 18 years of age, he was the guy in charge of putting together the rough mixes for the 16-minute medley on side two of the album. When he played everything back for Paul McCartney, he said, Great, but, you know, take that last track, a song called Her Majesty, out. It, it just doesn't work. Just, just drop it. The rules at Abbey Road said that any material edited out from a master tape had to be left at the end of the tape for reference. So John snipped out Her Majesty, added 20 seconds of blank tape, and spliced it to the end, just like he was supposed to. He even left a note for the person who was assigned to master the record. But that guy either didn't read or didn't understand the note. So when Abbey Road was mastered, the end featured 20 seconds of silence, followed by Her Majesty. When the Beatles reviewed the master and were surprised by that song coming out of the silence, they thought it was really cool. Leave it in, they said. And so the first hidden track came to be as the result of an accident. Other bands had fun with run-out grooves, too. Brian Eno used tripping crickets on one of his solo albums. There's a dripping tap at the end of Pink Floyd's Adam Hart Mother. ABBA had an endless loop of applause at the end of Super Trooper. But what about actual hidden songs? Well, the next major milestone was Train in Vain by The Clash. It was written and recorded very quickly at the end of the London Calling Sessions because they had an idea of giving it away for free in the pages of a British music magazine. But when the magazine decided against it, The Clash just threw it on the album. But because the artwork had already been completed and album sleeves had already been printed, there was no mention of the song. Didn't matter to The Clash, especially after it was discovered and became a big top 40 hit in America. Train in Vain, the hidden, or the very least unlisted, track on The Clash's London Calling album. When CDs came along in the early 1980s, hidden audio became much easier. I mean, if you look at a vinyl record, you can count the bands and see exactly how many songs are on a side. But with a CD, you can't. It's just this blank, shiny surface. This meant that material could be made invisible to everything but the CD player. We could run a radio station for about a week playing nothing but songs hidden at the end of CDs. ACDC, Bare Naked Ladies, Cage the Elephant, Depeche Mode, Eminem, Fatboy Slim, and literally hundreds and hundreds of others have employed this little trick. One of the best is from Cracker. In 1993, they released an album called Kerosene Hat. It looked like it contained 12 tracks, but if you let the CD go, the counter ticked past 13 and 14 before it settled on a song called High Desert Biker Meth Lab at track 15. It wasn't listed anywhere. Once that song was done, the counter continued to tick up all the way to track 69, which is where we found this. You're a trash girl. You're a trash girl. The full version of Cracker's Eurotrash Girl, hidden as track 69 on their 1993 album Kerosene Hat. Once it was discovered, it was turned into a single. And once again, we have an instance of a throwaway track becoming a hit song.
Let's take a journey back to 2003. Canadian teen sensation Avril Lavigne was topping the charts and turning the music industry upside down. But what if I told you that the Avril Lavigne we know and love might not be the same Avril? What? Did Avril die? Was she replaced by a doppelganger? I'm Joanne McNally and I'm doing a deep dive into a notorious internet conspiracy. Who replaced Avril Lavigne? Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Before CDs disappear, we're taking another look at the mysteries that lurk within. The audio hidden in your music collection that you may not have any idea exists. So far, we've looked at some serious songs that have been squirreled away. But there's nothing that says anyone has to be serious when it comes to hidden audio. I bring your attention to the Purple Album from the Stone Temple Pilots. That's their second album, which, as you'll soon see, is a very important and salient fact. According to all the documentation, the CD contains 11 tracks, ending with something called Kitchenwares and Candy Bars. However, at 8 minutes and 6 seconds, it seems suspiciously long for an STP song. That's a key indicator that something else can be dug up. And there is a track to be found. But it's not by the Stone Temple Pilots. It's called My Second Album. And it's there to make fun of all the bands who put hidden tracks at the end of their CDs. The performer is a guy named Richard Peterson, a friend of the band, and a big fan of Johnny Mathis, which explains why the song goes like this. The second album Twelve precious melodies Worth listening Hope you enjoy them Yes, that is from a Stone Temple Pilots album, but it's not the Stone Temple Pilots, obviously. That's Richard Peterson singing a hidden track called My Second Album. Here are a couple of more weird bonus bits at the end of CDs. I'd venture to guess that most of the 18 million or so people who own a copy of the Offspring Smash album have never heard this at the end. Around the same time The Offspring was goofing around with Come Out and Play at the end of Smash, Green Day stuck Trey Cool singing at the end of Dookie. And no, it, it's not listed. You and me such wonderful times When I'm all by myself All by myself Sunk deep at the end of a track called F.O.D. on Green Day's Dookie album. That's Trey Cool singing something he calls All By Myself. Done that one in concert, too. Next, something called The Pre-Gap. And proof that Tool might just be the coolest band to ever walk the earth. It is the best hidden track trick I have ever, and I mean ever, found. We are performing some audio archaeology with this program. We're digging up all sorts of hidden audio found on records and CDs. There are three places where you can invisibly stick a track on a CD. At the end, and there are plenty of examples, including everything we've played here so far. In the middle, which is okay. Oasis and Coldplay have done it. But it's not nearly as much fun as finding a bonus track as a surprise. You'll find these songs just by playing the album through. And you can hide something at the beginning of the CD. Okay, wait, 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 scratch that. I mean, you can hide a song before the beginning of a CD. 
This is called a pregap. That's the space, and there is space, before track one. The only way to find it is by placing the CD in a CD player, not a computer because it doesn't always work, and hitting rewind. Go back a ways, and you'll find a little Easter egg, sometimes. Let me give you two examples. If you have a CD copy of Arcade Fire's Reflector, try the put it in a CD player and hit rewind trick. You'll hear something, but it doesn't really sound right. Sounds weird because this is a piece of music being played backwards. And if you wished, you could listen to about 10 minutes of backwards arcade fire. But if you were to record this, you can then reverse the file so the backwards song now goes forwards. And it sounds much better. Arcade Fire and part of an untitled 10-minute track found in the pre-gap area of their Reflector album. Wikipedia officially lists the song as Track Zero, which, by the way, is common for pre-gap songs. Those who claim to know what's going on say that these 10 minutes are stitched together outtake bits from the album, stillborn songs that never had a chance to become fully formed. There's also a second hidden track on Reflector, but it's much easier to find. Just look for it after the last song, Supersymmetry, fades out. Doesn't seem to have a proper title, but it's there. Here's another pre-gap example. Remember the show The X-Files? There were a couple of CDs based on the program. In 1996, there was songs in the key of X. There are hints in the liner notes that something may await anyone who dares do a little exploring on the disc. Rewind the CD from track one, nine minutes, and you'll hear something entitled Time Jesum Transcentum et non reverentum. That's my Latin, and apparently it means time does not pass through Jesus. Something. The artist is Nick Cave in The Dirty Three, and it's followed by a cover of the X-Files theme. When the TV show was turned into a movie, there was another soundtrack, and it too had a hidden track. But this one wasn't in the pre-gap. It appeared way at the end. It's a spoken word piece by series creator Chris Carter, and it's just too weird not to play here. To guard this secret was perhaps even more critical than the truth of the existence of alien life and of colonization. If the syndicate's own secret vaccine were discovered, a vaccine that would make themselves immune from the effects of the black oil, they would certainly be destroyed and the timetable for colonization stepped up. They would protect this secret with their lives. They would kill to protect it as it symbolized the only hope they had of avoiding enslavement when the planet was overtaken. That they had been able to, over decades, conduct their work on the vaccine undetected was a result of a code among the syndicate members that put honor and the future above personal politics. But now this code was beginning to break down, an incipient scramble for power beginning to develop, a threat from within that doubled the threat from without, from Agents Mulder and Scully and the X-Files. Creepy and weird, right? But what did you expect from the X-Files? And this leads me to Tool. They do things with their music that is just unbelievable. In fact, we could do a whole show on what they do, but we only have time for two examples. Let's start by going all the way back to their Undertow album in 1993. The last track on the album seems to be something called Disgustipated. Well, wrong. 
it's not 15 minutes and 47 seconds long. It actually ends somewhere around the six and a half minute mark. Then we get this. Crickets, I think. That goes on for over seven minutes. And then... It was daylight when you woke up in your ditch. You looked up at your sky. That's weird, huh? I'm not sure what that's all about, but I think it's tool singer Maynard James Keenan, and I think it has something to do with the writings of Ronald P. Vincent and the concept of lachrymology. Vincent, who, by the way, is total fiction and a creation of tool, is said to have written a weird book in 1949 called A Joyful Guide to Lachrymology, which is all about the study of crying and suffering, and it became this philosophical and theological guide for a handful of people tool included, or so we're told. Let me continue. Lacrimology apparently died out as a cult in the early 1960s, but Tool is trying to keep it alive. For example, when Tool was coming together, they made sure that the ages of the members totaled 103, which is an important number for all lacrimologists. It has something to do with the number of vials of tears found in Roman tombs or something like that. A lot of people have lost many hours studying that passage at the end of Disgustipated, and to all of you, I wish you luck, because it's nothing but a tool hoax and and a really cool dead end. Finally, I want to show you something else. This is pretty awesome. Tool found a way to hide a song in plain sight, and you need to follow me carefully. I don't think anybody has ever done this before. It's basically a do-it-yourself three-dimensional song from the 10,000 Days album. Okay, and you're probably saying, what, what do you mean, three-dimensional? Yes, here's what you do. First, you take the title track of the album, which runs 11 minutes and 13 seconds. At the same time that song is playing, get another CD or another file, lay the song called Wings for Marie from the album over top of that title track. Play it at the same time. This runs for six minutes and 11 seconds. Finally, as soon as Wings for Marie is over and while 10,000 Days is still playing, play a third song from the album called Vingenti Trey. It runs for five minutes and two seconds. Notice that Wings for Marie, six minutes, 11 seconds, plus Vingenti Trey, five minutes and two seconds, add up to exactly 11 minutes and 13 seconds. The exact length of the song 10,000 days. And holy crap, it all syncs perfectly. A brand new song emerges. Here, I've put it all together for you. This is freaking brilliant. Isn't that great? Take three separate songs from Tool's 10,000 Days album, layer them on top of each other, and you get a brand new multi-movement song. Everything, tempo, key, flow, the breakdowns, the transitions, they mesh with and complement each other perfectly. No wonder it takes forever for these guys to make a record. That's just a portion of the whole piece that runs over 11 minutes, but take it from me when I tell you that the whole thing is beyond awesome. So thank you, Tool. This is the best hidden audio track I've ever encountered on a CD.
Like I said at the outset, we could program a radio station using just tracks that have been hidden on CDs over the decades. There are that many. And we didn't even discuss, uh, let's see, Pearl Jam, U2, R.E.M., Kid Rock, Nine Inch Nails, The Verb, Queens of the Stone Age, TV on the Radio, 30 Seconds to Mars, Matthew Good. Um, well, you get the idea. We'll probably have to revisit this topic again. And you know, I never got around to the one from the Irish band Ash. There's a, a track out there called Sick Party, which involves recording the band in a public washroom, vomiting. Seriously. We'll, we'll, we'll do that next time. Until then, find me online at ajournalofmusicalthings.com. That's my official website. And the one with the great newsletter that comes out every weekday at 10 a.m. Totally free. Totally spam free. And you can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Google+. Technical Productions by Rob Johnston. We'll talk to you next time. I'm Alan Cross. You've been listening to the Ongoing History of New Music podcast with Alan Cross. Subscribe to the podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and everywhere you find your favorite podcasts.